Hey everybody, welcome back to Hope Nevada. We are here again uh, to shine some light on people who are bringing hope in Northern Nevada. And uh, we're very excited for the conversation today. Hope uh, that you guys had a great holiday season. Uh, we're in 2020 now, and even though this episode won't show up until a little bit later, this is actually the, the first full week of 2020. So we're excited for a new year and the increasing hope, man, that we're seeing happen here in Northern Nevada. And so I'll turn it over to Whitney and she'll introduce our guest today. Well, today we have Jocelyn Landtrip with us. Jocelyn is the Director of Marketing for the Northern Nevada Food Bank. The Northern Nevada Food Bank's mission is feeding the hungry today and solving hunger for tomorrow through community partnership. The Food Bank of Northern Nevada is a regional food distribution center and support system for more than 140 nonprofit partner agencies across their 90,000 square mile service area. So that said, Jocelyn, I'm excited mm -hmm. to turn it over to you and you can introduce yourself as well as a little more about the Northern Nevada Food Bank. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I've been with the Food Bank about a little over 10 years and I finally found the job for me. Um, I worked in the corporate world, world for a long time and it, um, you know, I got a lot of experience in marketing and communications in those jobs, but nothing has been as great as working at the food bank. So I love it. And like you said, we have a big service area. We're helping a lot of people. Uh, we're still helping about 91,000 people every single month um, through our partner agencies. Uh, you're one of them. So um, a lot of agencies, large and small, help us get that food out. And without the agencies, we really couldn't do it. Um, it's really the agencies are the boots on the ground that really help us distribute that food. And also just in Nevada is so spread out, you know, so we're going to Ely and Elko and Winnemucca and sometimes down to Tonopah and even the eastern slope of the Sierra in California. So those communities are far away from a lot of things and there's a lot less resources in those rural communities. So those agencies are so important um, all around the state. And can you talk about, just when you said you've had different kinds of jobs, but you said, mm -hmm. I love this job. What do you love about working for the food bank? Well, you know, marketing and, and communications and public relations that I've done, um, it's, you're selling something. You're selling an idea. Um, for for me now, I'm I'm raising money and awareness for the issue of hunger in our community. And it's a lot easier to sell something that you care about. <laughs> so um, it's been a, a really easy transition for me because um, I think that food <clears throat> is a right um, for people. People, it shouldn't be something that some people get. And, you know, I don't know that that's totally a, a feeling that everybody has. So, you know, I'm happy to spread that word and um, it's it's important because if you have if you don't have food you uh, that's the only problem you can focus on you know if and you have other problems if that's something you're facing so but you really can't solve it unless you get something to eat mm -hmm. Which I think, you know, if, if people are familiar with, like, Maslow's hierarchy, right? <laughs> right? Like, so so food, those base needs, like, if you don't get those met, above that, 
you never think right. about, you you're, never consider, right? You're not working on your five-year plan exactly. if you're hungry and uh, if you can't feed your kids. And, you know, what we find a lot, because hunger for children is really high in Nevada, and I don't know if people know that, but it's higher than the national average. And I started in the middle of the recession, so uh, then we were seeing a lot of people. That number has not decreased very much um, in the last 10 years. But the numbers of free and reduced school lunch kids, it was about 33% at that time. And that was the height of the recession. Mm -hmm. Now it's 51% in Washoe County. So that problem's not getting better. Well, I think in our zip even, like, you know, uh, I think all of our, all of our schools in 89431 are basically almost 100%. Like they're just, you know, they're 90 pluses, right? So they're all Title One. they're all, um, you know, and and whether they need it or not, they're serving every kid who wants it pretty much, which um, my wife's a teacher. She's been in, in education for about 17 years, and most of that time was spent at Title Ones. And, you know, one of the things she talks about, and we've, you know, heard previous guests talk about this who deal in those populations especially, is it's pretty frustrating to try to teach a kid who's just hungry, right? Because right. they're not going to concentrate. They're not going to, nor should they, we, we should, or should we expect them to. And so... Um, you know, it's a funny thing when you said, you know, I believe, um, hunger's a right. And some people might not feel that way. It's always, it's interesting to me that people would not want other people to have food, right? Or they would think like, <laughs> like they should work for their own right? food, right? Like, or, you know what I mean? Like, like, I, I would think that's kind of one thing we should all probably be able to agree on is everybody should have food, man. Yeah. Like, um, but, but I think like you said, um, this is a pretty unique area of the country in terms of, um, how spread out everything is, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, you guys go Winnemucca, so right. you're three hours from here, from the, the from the Reno area, all to the Eastern Sierras. And what are the unique challenges in those different areas? Maybe um, because it might be a little different in Winnemucca or Elko or Ely or Spring Creek than it is in the middle of Reno. But hunger's the same, but maybe the challenge or or, or the demographic is a little different. I don't know. Right. It. it- is the challenges are a little bit different in the rural areas. So um, there's a lot less resources. So it's not just food resources, it's um, Medicaid providers Mm. and a lot of different things that people, you know, there's more options in Reno and Sparks and out there there's, you know, maybe one, maybe it's one church that's taking that on in the community and if that one church gets overwhelmed yeah. and has to, we've had that in communities where they, they just stop. They, you know, the person who is really passionate about it, it's really run by one volunteer. They leave, um, and you you're searching for somebody else to to step up and take that. So it's just not as spread out among a a bunch of caring people sure. like it is here, which is awesome, but. You know, and then the transportation issues, I think um, people, you know, people want to feed children. That's the number one thing people want to do. And they want to make sure that people have food. We have such a generous community. We wouldn't have been able to keep up with this without that. Uh, but we do have an issue of people don't necessarily want to pay for operations to move that food. And mm-hmm. food 
doesn't have legs. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. we need to get it out there. And so those costs are just as important because if the food is sitting in our warehouse, it's not helping anybody. So, you know, those are some of the challenges that we deal with with this spread out state. Sure. And then um, the economic condition of our area is really unique right now because it's so booming. There's yeah. so many great tech jobs coming into town. The unemployment is low. So we're seeing a different kind of family that we're serving. They're working. Uh, they're working sometimes two jobs. Um, we talked to a woman, her name was Maria, and she was at one of our distributions, one of our mobile harvest distributions that has fresh produce. And her husband works full time. They have three little kids and she stays home. But she said her rent is more than double her, her husband's salary. So they're just, you know, once they pay their bills, there isn't money for food. And she said one of the things that, you know, gave her hope is that she could get fresh food mm. because, you know, bad food is cheap. Right? And sure. so that's what people buy because it, you want to fill up your kids. You don't want them to be hungry. So um, that's a big issue that we see. And so it's a lot, a lot different now. It's um, working families. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's one of the things we've seen with the guests that we've talked to in the partner agencies is mm -hmm. these, all of these issues are not individual issues. They all commingle, right? Mm -hmm. Like they all overlap. So like you said, the worst food is the cheapest, yeah. right? So if that's all you can afford, you feed up your kids. Now mm -hmm. we've got all these underlying health issues that arise out of that stuff. Exactly. And so, so you talked about that not only do you guys provide food, but you try to provide healthy food. Can you give us kind of a, a, a sense of what is the logistical side of your organization look like? So how does it get right. to you guys, how you then distribute it to partner agencies, that kind of thing? And I know there's some variation within that, depending <laughs> on the agency. So, it's almost all variation. Yeah, I, no, I get it. I get it. Um, but we do, you know, we moved out to the building about – a little over 11 years ago and when we moved out to this new facility that seemed like the end of the earth at the time but it's really USA Parkway now where where sure. Tesla is and and everybody's comfortable with it now but it um we got to increase our refrigeration 20 times what we used to have oh, wow. so we knew that fresh produce is what we were going to do it's sure. why we did it and that is a big commitment because you're trying to rescue food from grocery stores, from, uh, you know, trucking companies, distribution centers. Walmart gives us a lot of food. They're next door. Um, but that food goes bad quickly. So, and you're relying on donations and you don't always know what you're going to get. And then you're trying to fill in what you didn't get with the foods that you need to have a healthy variety sure. for your agencies, which, you know, is a challenge sometimes. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happens is, um, let's say you've spent a lot of time to source a couple trucks of fresh produce, and then you get a big donation of several trucks of watermelon or something, mm -hmm. and then you have to, this it's not as hypothetical as it sounds. It's sure. happened to yeah, us. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, we've got to get this all out before it goes bad. But um, what if we can't? What if we send it out to all of our partner agencies? We 
we are not in the business of letting food go bad. So what we do is we have a program called Dare to Share, and we're involved with a bunch of food banks on the kind of western United States, and we all will call when we have a bunch of something that is perishable especially, and we'll give that to them, and they'll give it to us, and we really try to, you know, minimize food waste. Sure. Um, But... It's really a, a kind of a juggling game with our operations guys to say, okay, how can we get this food out? I say when we get strawberries in the building, alarms go off oh, <laughs> because they I go bet. bad so fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do this for you? Yeah, everybody move. But that's why um, we kind of went to almost a push model with produce for our agencies where, you know, produce is always free. Um, we have some capacity building opportunities with grants where we can give money to agencies if they don't have refrigeration that they can get that. And then we also, um, you know, distribute that food through Mobile Harvest. And that's why that started too, just so we will go out to about 40, 41 locations every month and distribute fresh food right into neighborhoods. So it's it's a lot more complicated than people think it is. Sure. Um, that's why we love to have company um, yeah. for people to come out and take a tour and see the facility and see really the vastness of the operation so you can see the vastness of the problem mm-hmm. and the vastness of the solution. Mm-hmm. And when you would you say, Jocelyn, just based on what you just said, to see the vastness of the problem and the vastness of the solution... Was that something you were surprised by when you stepped into this role? Sure, I was surprised, and that was in the middle of the recession. I mean, I was there because I lost my job, (laughs) you know? I was pretty in tune to things were not great. Um, I was working for a real estate company in the worst real estate crash in the history of the universe, I think. And so I knew a lot of people that were out of work, and but I was still surprised at how many people were being served by the food bank and the agencies and um, and I think but the thing that was different then is everybody knew someone who was losing a house, somebody who had just lost a job, sure. and so people understood that hunger was high. They don't now. <laughs> it's surprising, but they don't. Um, if uh, I think a lot of the community is there, they are insulated from this issue. And so if you're not in it, you're not helping people who need the help. You're not seeing it every day. It's easy to not know it's happening because, and people often will think hunger is really directly correlated to unemployment and it's absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And well, that was a powerful illustration you brought up of you've got a mom here with three kids and they're working two jobs and they're just in there they're trying to make rent and then once all those bills get paid for how are we going to provide and it I was thinking as you were talking about that about how bad food is cheap and I don't know that I had ever really thought about that correlation and I have a friend here that works for Northern Nevada Hopes. And mm-hmm. she told me a story one time of they were doing a program. I think it was like a summer program for kids who normally would be eating at school 
for with free lunches and then now don't. So they were doing this program and they were trying to teach the kids about healthy options for food. And um, the, the person up front said, you know, having vegetables on your plate. And I think she said it was a seven-year-old boy that raised his hand and asked, what is a vegetable? <laughs> and I heard that story and I thought, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like that's such a, I, I felt so kind of embarrassed that I had never even thought about that for, for kids that would that if you're just trying if you're just trying to get by and Taco Bell has a dollar menu like you you probably aren't really equated with vegetables or what that is or why that's good for you and I was wondering could you could you talk about I I think everyone's heart bends when you said hunger in children in our community specifically um, that we have a higher rate of that in northern Nevada I think you said than other places in the country what do you think are contributing factors to that why do you think we see the hunger in children here more than we might other places I think it's taken families a lot longer to recover from the recession at one point we did have the highest unemployment in the country and you know more than Detroit it was so high And um, we had international people covering it because it was so bad here. And I think as people have come out of the recession and we just see so many working families that are struggling and the rents have really been an issue, uh, we hear that every day. Um, I really wish I had some better statistics on that. Um, well, I think how? Eastern Sparks is one of the top 10 rental increases in the country over the last two years. Like, it's one of the highest, like, in relationship to, like, average income mm-hmm. in the country, right? And that's and that just happens to be the highest individual one, but all of them throughout Reno and Sparks are, like, just abnormally crazy. And we hear it, like you said, we hear it on the Everything. same level as, like, it's that invisible thing that or the one that's just not apparent in that you've got families who are doing their best and the best they can do in this economy right now is pay their rent Mm -hmm. maybe keep a vehicle on the road because they have to get to work and the one that kind of suffers is you know we talked a little bit it's clothing it's food um and those are the ones that um you know a ton of working families just cannot they just don't have enough to, to cover all those bases, really, right? Right. You can't pay part of your rent, but you can buy less food. Sure. And so that is exactly what people do. And, uh, you know, we hear rent over and over and over. And then if you're talking about the senior population, yeah. that is another issue because their income is locked in and yeah. their rent is going up. Uh, Social Security's not keeping up with the, the rent <laughs> Not rent at all. And so, you know, they were already kind of on the edge. And and so it's it's just really tough. And it's surprising um, that it, it isn't as visible. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, STEM education and how important it is to prepare the workforce for, for all these great jobs coming in and I totally agree with that, but hungry kids aren't learning that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have hunger in every single school in the district, you have to pay attention to that. And and we are. And I think that is the number one thing that people really do mm-hmm. resonate with. Children need food. And it's 
it can it's an economic problem long term sure. a job readiness problem well it's interesting you know we have we've really worked hard to develop good connection with schools in our zip code here and so we have a pretty good presence in terms of serving in different capacities of the schools um, and one of the things that I did personally was I was at Sparks High a lot and so Tesla spent a lot of money to put in a training and education system trying to get workers and internships out of that um, and it's a beautiful facility over there and they're getting great kids out of there um, uh, but I work with a football team and so we would do Thursday night dinners for the football players um, before a game on Friday and out of 35 players we would probably have 60-70% of them who would take three or four plates and we would always bring you know like um, uh, aluminum floor wrap or whatever because they are taking them home to feed their families mm -hmm. right like I mean literally feeding their little brothers and sisters and um, you know and you watch just these kids who show up to school every day but it's apparent they don't have enough to eat all the time and um, and they would never tell you that right but you watch behavior and you're like oh man like and so you extrapolate that out over an entire um, the, the the number you threw out that really kind of struck me was that you got to serve 91,000 people a month and that's not even yes. that's not even Vegas right like that's just northern no, that's Nevada. just northern Nevada so the, you're talking a population of less than 2 million in northern Nevada more like 1 million yeah I'm not I don't know that right off, but I think it's uh, it's right around maybe even a little less than one million in northern Nevada. Um, so you're talking almost ten percent of the population. It's a lot of people who just you guys are servicing <laughs> on a monthly basis, <laughs> right. right? Like that doesn't even account for other things. And so when you think about ten percent of our population don't have enough to eat and have to look to supplement um, through other organizations, that's pretty striking. It is, and it's it's scary to us sometimes when we think about the people that aren't asking for, for help. For sure. Um, like you're talking about the families that, um, you know, aren't, that are struggling, that, you know, have kids going to that one school. You know, when we start a mobile harvest, and we started one at um, a middle school and in town, and we knew it was a good location, but and we were allowing children after school mm -hmm. to take food home for their families and there was this kid that was like oh i am bringing all this yeah. and um you know he's like going to ride his bike <laughs> with all this produce and um you know it was kind of heartbreaking to see these kids were like taking charge of that yeah. um because they knew their family needed it and what would you say, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this, I think it's so apparent in what you're saying, Jocelyn, that this matters. Like we want, <laughs> we want our community to be a place, especially for, for all who are able to eat. And as you're talking about children, as you're talking about seniors um, having food insecurity, I, I don't think anybody would argue that this matters and we want to be a part of it. What would you say your biggest needs are? Like if somebody's wanting to get involved, is it more on the donation end of things? Is it on the volunteer end of things? Is it on the money end of things? Is it just all the above and you would just say whatever? <laughs> or are there certain things that, that kind of jump to your forefront of, man, if this matters to you, this is a way This is a way to show by your actions that this matters to you and we would really appreciate it. Well, the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but it is important to know that 
there are many ways to get involved in this. So you can volunteer and make just as much of an impact as, as giving money. Every dollar helps us provide three meals. Every um, can that goes into a barrel is a meal for somebody. So none of it is insignificant and it is all necessary. I would say one of the, the biggest struggles of of our organization, and you probably see this too, is that people really think about hunger and basic needs and helping during the holiday season, and then (laughs) get really quiets down. And so we really do struggle for, to get volunteers in the spring and summer. And you know, summer is a tough time for families. That's when the kids are out of school, daycares higher, they're not getting that free lunch at school. Um, sure. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a year round issue. And when you say volunteers, are you talking in the warehouse, or do you have volunteers at your mobile mobile harvest, or is that staff run? Like, what are those? When you say volunteer opportunities, what what do those look like? So most of the volunteer opportunities are sorting and packing food at the warehouse, mm-hmm. and we do have sessions Tuesday through Saturday most of the time um so afternoon evening sessions Saturday sessions we have that going all the time we're always sorting and packing food and then we also have opportunities helping at mobile harvest and and that is really uh, you know helping us hand out food that is exactly what it is we we go to several locations we have a, a truck full of food we pull out the pallets, we line them up, and you know we each volunteer is in charge of one item or maybe two, depending on how many people we have that day, and just say, okay, we're giving this many of this and this many of this, and that's what we have, and you're just talking to the families and saying, do you want this? You know, is this something you can use? You can have as many as four of them, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. And um, so people will often gravitate to that. We don't need as many volunteers for the mobile harvest, but it's very impactful. And you really get to see what the real work is, you know, of, of helping people directly. And, you know, it's, you're outside, Mm -hmm. so it could be really hot or it could be really Really cold cold, and it could be snowing and we're still there. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's not a, a gig that, has an inclement weather mm-hmm. <laughs> contingency. Mm-hmm. We're we go out there, right? Um, no matter what, people are hungry regardless of the weather. Right, they'll show right. up. Yeah. They'll be yeah. right. <laughs> They're there, so we have to be there. And Jocelyn, could you also say when you were saying that about the different ways to get involved, and you said whether you're putting a can into a barrel? Just out of curiosity, what are those things that we can put into the barrel that is like a score for the food bank? Like, I'm sure yes. you get a lot of things that are like. Thanks, but no thanks, if I'm guessing. <laughs> well, what are the things that you're like, hey, yes, like the, we love getting this? It really is important to look at expired food. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody who has spent one session out at the food bank knows this because you're sorting through, and we can keep it quite a bit past that best by date, but not forever. And so we end up throwing food away. So that's a lot of work mm-hmm. um, to throw a can of food away bringing it out there, having a volunteer sort it. So that's really important. Um, you know, the the things that we really are looking for are healthy foods that you can make a meal with. And it's often protein and entree items that we have the most trouble getting. Uh, so right now we were talking about um, 
for our big volunteer event um, in January, we're doing a food drive in conjunction with that. So we're asking for soup, stewed, stews, or chili, one dish meals. And those are things that are hard for us to come by. Also, uh, tuna is another one. Uh, we do a big tuna drive in September because we really do need that. That is something that we don't buy. It's expensive, but we need it. Um, and then just healthy things, um, things that you would want to eat is, is what we need. And we really do have enough snacks, <laughs> if I were to be honest. Um, we get a lot of snacks donated from manufacturers and um and different organizations so we have a, cookies and crackers we're good um it's more meals and and that healthy food and are there certain locations where the barrels are like are there ones that right now you could just throw out there within our community that someone could get to we have barrels at certain places all year round okay. so at all the goodwill donation centers they have barrels all throughout the year Gold Dust West has barrels all throughout the year. Sundance Books has barrels all throughout the year. And there's a couple more, and we do have that list on our website. We do love it when people do food drives, you know, in the summer, in the spring. And we have a form on our website. You can go on there and order a barrel anytime. And it, you wouldn't believe what happens in November. We'll have... 200 food drives going at once and it is it's wonderful to see but it really is all it's so concentrated during the holidays mm -hmm. so we love to spread that out a little bit mm -hmm. yeah. so if you own a small business or <laughs> you manage a, a store or anything and you've not been part of that this is your invitation especially in the spring or summer right like right. so yeah. um to to maybe think about going on and and, and hosting a food drive it'd be great yeah, and if you have a business, you know, offering a little incentive with a food donation really works. It really, you know, can get some new people in your place. Mm -hmm. And also it really does bring the food in because if if you're in a retail location, it's people just do not shop with a can of green beans in exactly. their purse. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> like they see the barrel and they go, oh, I forgot. And um, so there is... It, there's a little bit of science to sure. it. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I love you giving those. I think I'm a person, like, I always respond best to specifics. So I love just the thought of, hey, the next time you're grocery mm -hmm. shopping, just throw some tuna in your cart. And I would also say, too, to anybody who's listening that's a part of the SCF community, or just here in 89431, uh, Jocelyn mentioned that we are one of the partners. We are one of yes. the agencies with Northern Nevada Food Bank. And we had our food bank director... Uh, our food pantry director, Chris Shalaki, on a previous episode of Hope Nevada that aired December 22nd of 2019. So that could be something to go back and look at, too, if you're wanting to know how to get involved right here directly in our community. Yes, and you guys do a great job with your pantry. I I know I have brought the media out many times. You guys are always so open and welcoming and um, let us show off the great work of our partners um, because it is so important what you do. Well, thank you. And thank you for taking the time to just explain that. And I was thinking as you were saying that if, if somebody wanted to volunteer or had a group, um, I want to ask you how they would do that. And the other thing that I want to say and, and just kind of 
shamelessly plug is that I've gotten to be a part of a couple different groups that have gone to the food bank and I can say absolutely that it was a great group serving experience um, when it comes to when it comes to having something to do, you guys were so good at making sure we knew what to do. The instruction was there. Um, it was a great, you, you worked with, a, you worked with a schedule that we could do. You were available to ask questions. We were able to get stuff done. It was not, I, I'm not trying to speak. Uh, I, I'm not trying to speak bad of other volunteer opportunities. Of course not. But I think we all know how it feels to go to a volunteer opportunity and kind of not don't what to do with ourselves. And we're kind of dusting something that's already been dusted and, and not sure. Um, that was the Northern Nevada food bank was not that experience at all. Um, we knew what to do. Uh, we felt like we got stuff done. It was, it was really cool to see. It was really cool to see that. So thank you for offering it. And I know that our youth group here, if there are any youth group leaders listening, our youth group has kind of a set time that they go and volunteer. And that's really cool for the kids. Well, first of all, they all really enjoy it. I think there's kind of a core group that goes. But one of the things you do whenever you pack boxes is you label it. And we've had some of the kids come through and volunteer at our pantry, and they will see their handwriting <laughs> on those boxes when they're unpacking it. And they're oh, able to great. see kind of that whole process of like, wow, what we did there is going directly into somebody's refrigerator today. What we did there is going directly into somebody's cabinet today. That's really cool to see. So I want to encourage that if there's somebody listening that has a group, that has a family, that has some friends they'd want to get together and spend a few hours at the food bank, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is really to go on the website, um, fbnn.org, sign up as a volunteer, contact our volunteer coordinator to get your, if you're part of a group, and then your volunteers can sign up individually. But you're right, it's it's free team building. Um, if you ever want to do something that's fun, that's meaningful, and it's real work. You know, we have a lot of food that needs to get out, and every piece of it that's donated has to be touched and examined and made sure it's okay. And that's a lot of, of people um, to do that. And so we really count on volunteers, and we really appreciate it. So I appreciate the kind words about the sessions that you've helped yeah. with. Um, but you will help. You feed thousands mm-hmm. every time you do it. Cool. Well, let me just say, especially, I, you know, I think this is, I've got two teenagers at home. I think it's such an important thing to get, because we talked about, especially this issue can kind of be hidden from certain people in our community. Like if you're, mm-hmm. um, if you're doing well in this economy, if um, like you might not see this all the time, right? right? And, and while I think for most adults, even though we don't see it, we, we probably had an experience at some point that we know it exists a little bit. Um, I don't think my kids see it. Right. And so uh, I would encourage you, this is a great opportunity to take your kids, whether it's once or on kind of a rotating basis, and really put them in a place where they understand the scope of need in our community a little bit. Um, Because I think, um, you know, I I know for my kids, luckily for, you know, we've, my kids have always had the opportunity if they are hungry, they go to the refrigerator, (laughs) they go to the cupboard. Um, And, I think it's important for people to know that 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 not everybody has that experience, right? And that we have the opportunity to uh, to, to to give back towards other people's lives in a way that's meaningful, and um, and to not just assume that cupboards are magic and that refrigerators <laughs> are magic, right? That they, because you have one, they're full, um, and so 
I would encourage you, if you're listening, um, don't wait for your kids to ask for that, right? Like, <laughs> because they won't, right? Like, most likely. Um, so, so maybe think about that as an opportunity to um, really help your kids see beyond their own experience, um, and maybe for yourself as well. Um, so, um, but Justin, thank you for bringing this to light today. Thank you for uh, your willingness to come and talk to us. And uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for all you guys do. Uh, I'm still struck by that 91,000. Like, I'm still going, man, that's a lot. Of it's money. a big number for sure. It is. And, um, you know, we couldn't do it without the community. This, it's a community effort. We say a lot that it is, a, it's the community's food bank. It's not our yeah. food bank. And so we're all doing it together. Thank you for giving the opportunity just through you all's ability to partner with other agencies and build up. And I love you use that expression boots on the ground. Like you're enabling people to have those boots and to be able to do it. And so we really appreciate that. And I, and I know I kind of said this from my volunteer experience, but going off of what Jason was saying, I've seen the teenagers that we've been able to take genuinely enjoy it. And I've been in the room whenever the sign up sheet will get passed around of who's going to go next time. And I think adults, sometimes we can have that, um, obligatory thing like I don't necessarily want to volunteer but I will because I know I'm supposed to or I want to look like I'm more servant-hearted than I am or whatever it is teenagers don't really have that like they don't have a lot of oh I guess I should do this and I watch that sign-up sheet go around the room and then be like oh we've got to sign up for the food bank and they're not doing it because they feel like they should they're doing it because they enjoy it and I think they see that need getting met so I, I want to totally echo that for Anybody who has influence in teenagers' lives, this is a great opportunity to, to get involved. It is, and kids that are 10 and over can volunteer anytime at the food bank with an adult. And then four times a year we do an all-ages event, uh, and that's something we've been doing for a few years. And they're very popular. It's kind of chaotic. But we have parents even bringing toddlers out mm. and just helping us put produce in bags. And, uh, you know, it's it's a nutty event but it's so great to see because there's so many people and everybody's having a good time and they're all helping and those kids are learning mm -hmm. and before you go i'm glad you brought that up could you talk about what that <laughs> event is in january i don't know yes. if the podcast will, i'm not sure how all that will shake out but i i still think it's valuable information for people to know so um one of the the events that we do every year is on the mlk national day of service we do uh all ages event at the food bank and we've had two to one year I got in big trouble we had 300 people out at the food bank um, <laughs> volunteering I was the only happy person there um, but it was because it's so popular yeah. and I was telling my boss um, you know I just really wish that we could make this bigger because everybody wants to do it and she said well let's make it bigger so we are doing this event in January at the convention center and um, you know we're planning to do it every year it's going to be our signature event we've decided we don't want to do another um, gala event we want to do something that's who we are and so we're bringing six truckloads of food mm. to the convention center. We're going to have five different stations where people can do different activities. It's going to be really big, and, and we're all going to figure it out together, um, but it's going to be a blast. And so keep those on your radar because they, they pop up and they, they fill up fast, the ones mm. at the food bank. 
Very cool. And I'm assuming with those kind of opportunities, do y'all have a Facebook page or is there something that people could follow where they're going to see those notifications? Facebook and Instagram are where you'll see them um, the quickest. Mm -hmm. And also on our website is because, you know, for these events, we take 200 people, but they're so popular that we really don't even get to the point where we're talking about it on TV. It's already fall. It's a great place to be at. It's a great problem. It is a great problem. And that's why we're making this this larger event and it's it's going to be a lot of work to get everything over there but i think it'll be worth it because we're going to get more mm-hmm. people involved and you know more people can take advantage of this opportunity very cool well again thank you for giving those opportunities and i love what you stress too just saying hey we're able to do this because of the generosity of the community and so it's, it's fun getting to be a part of a community that that can be said about it yes it's a wonderful community i've been here a long time and um it's nice to see that you know we we keep asking we keep asking over and over we need money we need food we need volunteers and people keep showing up we really appreciate it Sorry, I know I keep saying one more thing, but this was one more thing. <laughs> I'm just picturing if somebody is listening and they are living in food insecurity oh, yeah. and they haven't been sure what to do about that. Is that on your website where they could find out about the mobile um, harvest and about just the food pantries available in our area? It is. Um, we have a get help section on our website and it has all of our all the schedules, times. We update it every single month. And if you get on there and you're confused about something, give us a call and we'll tell you what is closest to you. Excellent. Well, that was the last one thing. So <laughs> thank you for fielding all that. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming by.